Bollocks Podcast. TB or not TB, you decide. Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of Talking Bollocks. TB or not TB, <laughs> you decide. Yes, so this is, a, this, is a, this is a sales podcast with a difference. Instead of talking to sales leaders and sales experts and sales gurus, not to say that the people we don't get on aren't good in their own right, but we're not plugging leaders or experts or gurus. I'm talking to everyday ordinary sales folk just like me just like you out there in the coalface battling it out with prospects battling it with customers and i want to hear about their their failures and their screw-ups and things that they've done badly because we can all relate to that because that's how tough our job is who cares about success success is great but let's talk about stuff we can all relate to so today's guest is a wonderful gentleman by the name of ian Baton. And I'm going to get Ian to introduce himself, tell you a little bit about who he works for, what he sells, and then we're going to get straight on with the show. So good afternoon, Ian. Thanks for coming along. Hey, Benjamin. Yeah, great. And, and you know, yeah, you're right. I mean, we, we all see loads and loads of content out there of, of wonderful sales leaders and, and, and ex experts. I, I don't think there's any such a thing as an expert, incidentally. Uh, but um, my name is Ian Baton. I currently work for a business called B2BE. Uh, we're, a, we're a global um, uh, solution, uh, software solution, uh, engineering solution, supply to the supply chain. Um, but my role is, is in business development. Um, I'm very much a hunter, very much on the coalface. Um, and uh, yeah, I guess um, warts and all today, um, I, have ha I have had, I'm pleased to say, many successes across the years. But equally, equally, um, quite a number of failures as well so probably more more failures and successes i suspect <laughs> yeah yeah i guess so i guess so so um yeah happy to be here oh that's good to have you here right so i go on with this first question because it's one of the because the answer is normally the same and it's just nice to see a pattern how did you get into sales because obviously this is unless you're one of the few that wanted to do this as a child when asked at school how is it you ended up doing this for a living well, you know, actually, that's a wonderful question because mine is possibly slightly different. But hey, here we go. So what happened was um, I was uh, I was a, an internal um, uh, estimator, actually, uh, of all things, many years ago. So I was compiling costs and everything else. And I seen all, all these wonderful, flashy salespeople bouncing in and out of the office with a great suntan, a lovely suit, a, a wonderful company car. And I thought, I want to be one of these guys. But what I really enjoyed about my job was on the phone talking to clients. And I was building rapport and I was pretty good at it as well. And I approached my then MD and said, hey, listen, listen, I was 21 years of age, which in today's in today's world is, 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 a, is a comfortable age to go into sales. But what back, I'm a little bit longer in the tooth. Um, he said to me, um, Ian, you, you can't do it yet. You're just not old enough. And I, and I said, oh, OK, interesting. So. Um, I'm the type of guy that if you say I can't do something, I will prove you wrong. Um, so I, I found myself a job with another company, uh, a little bit sort of further out of my uh, uh, where I lived. And the guy was a, a, a real sort of entrepreneur, loved salespeople, and just said, I'm not sure whether you're ready, but hey, do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to give you the opportunity. I'll, I've got 10 accounts here, which we haven't done any business with for a couple of years. And your mission, should you wish to accept it, is you've got six months. And if you can convert five of them into uh, buying customers, I'll extend your contract from six months to full term. And cut a long story short, that's what I did. I, I, I learned the hard way 
and made many mistakes along the way. Um, most people I went to see was like, who's this kid? You know, what is this kid doing in front of me? Um, but I had to quickly learn how to gain the respect of, 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 of uh, reputable business people and, 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 and learn how to um, sell to them. So that's how I got into sales. Right. So you kind of chose it. Now, after a while, seeing these flashy guys with their orange skin and their slick suits and their nice cars, after a while, did you think, I don't want to look like one of those tossers and you've hopefully maybe you've emerged to become a more human and less apprentice-like us? <laughs> but I don't know. Maybe, yeah, maybe yeah, yeah no, I, I didn't I didn't want to be one of them. But I just <laughs> I, but, but I just thought, you know, hey, you know, there's got to be something more here too. And and look, you know, um, to be honest with you, Benjamin, um, I, I wanted to see what coinage I can get, you know, doing doing a, a different role to, to being an internal guy. Um, but uh, those those early lessons stood me well throughout my career. Wow. Yeah. So, look, you're not a woman, so I can ask you this. You started at 21. How many years you've been in sales now? Uh, so I've been in sales nearly 30 years. Nearly thirty years. Wow, that's 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 a life sentence right there. And <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, well, th this is good. We're going to come on to some screw ups. But um, how have you changed then? In thirty years, how are you different from that twenty-one-year-old punk that went in and started doing to thirty years on? There's a lot. A lot can happen in thirty years. So, how are you different? What makes you? Yeah, yeah, and I, I guess, yeah, you're right. So th there was there was a lot there was a lot of things which which, which you know um, sort of. Uh, help me help me learn it and 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 um uh what's the word like here you know get get my craft honed to be you know the, the what i am today and i and i think some of the early mistakes quite frankly benjamin were were that i'd look at a business and i'd think okay um i can go and sell to this 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 person and the realization is that yes you can but if there's a challenge in, in, in the purchasing process or the decision-making process, can this person actually sign off on the order? Are they a decision, are they a decision maker? So for, me, so for me, I guess over the years, what I've learned is um, go to the top, but get to the point. Yes, very well. It's a good lesson. You know. It is. Um, Too many salespeople spend their time kissing frogs um, yeah. and filling their pipeline with hope and great conversations with people that like them as well, but it goes nowhere. Yes, yes. So that's a good tip to anyone. Okay, great. So what is, can you think, you've probably had many, but can you think of your most toe-curling, cringing, awful experience in a sales role where you've just got in front of a decision maker and it has just gone completely Pete Tong and you know it at the time and it's just been embarrassing. You tell us this failure moment. And, and I and I think and I think it would have probably been in my in my earlier stages of my career. I mean, look, you know, in, in sales, I think there's there's an important thing here, and 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 that is, I have a little prop. Um, so here it is. Uh, I don't know whether everybody's going to see this on the on the podcast, but but that's a, that's a chameleon, right? So that that's a chameleon, and and I think that in sales you have to be a chameleon to a degree. Um, I'm going to caveat that by saying. Even if you're 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 sort of, you know, looking to your audience and 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 tailoring your pitch to your audience, be yourself, because if you're not yourself, you you'll fall down somewhere along the line, and, and that might be you know in the next stage of the negotiation where where you know it, the true you has to come out. So if you if you're if you're you know 
BSing and, 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 and just being something that you're not. Um, and going back to this earlier thing we made about the, the, the orangey salespeople in the flash suit and everything, that isn't me. So I'm, I'm very much, you know, the guy who's, who's, who's the, the, the straightforward, straight talking, and you'll always get it. You'll always get a straightforward approach. But I guess back to your point about the, 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 the fuck up, so to speak, is, yeah. is, really, is really sort of one which I remember so vividly. I I'd, 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 I'd pitched into a company overseas and I'd managed to get up to the C-suite um, and I just started off the pitch by asking for as to all do introductions. And I kept referring to the top guy in the room who was the decision maker by the wrong name. So uh, like I'm talking to you now, Benjamin, and I kept calling him David. Wow. And, and, and it just kept tripping me, tripping me, tripping me. And he let me continue to do it. Um, and then we got so far into the into the pitch, and he just said, "Ian, by the way, my name's David." And it sounds it sounds like it sounds like such a such a minor thing and not a major fuck up, but it, it really did sort of put me on the back foot and unease me for the rest of the rest uh -huh. of my, my my sort of presentation. So um, yeah, um, and and there's lots of other stories along the way. Like um, yes, I had a, had a had a had a an example where we we delivered a project. We we severely messed it up. We severely messed it up. I I sort of stepped in fairly far down the line and spoke to my delivery team and said, "Oh my God, what are we doing here? We've made we you know what have you guys done here?" And I, I I always support my internal teams because they're an integral part of the success of a salesperson. Um, so they said, I said, just stop, just hit the brakes. Let's just stop the project, put it on ice. My, my CEO at the time said, Ian, you know, this is costing us money. Every second that we're not working on this is costing us a shitload of money. And I said, okay, look, if we deliver this like this, it's going to be a monumental disaster. Um, I went straight hot footing it down the motorway into, into my clients, um, straight into the, the founder of the business's offices started to explain what had happened and the guy just erupted and i mean like i mean like off the scale um he was swearing at me he was actually physically throwing things at me in his office <laughs> and i was and i was like whoa i was like whoa hang on a second and again coming back to this be your true self um i wouldn't take that in the street i wouldn't let my i wouldn't let my own father do that to me you know so so i just said hey hey listen listen just 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 take it take a breather you know and he was he was still going he's still going and i said okay look enough i said you know that's it i'm now leaving your office i've come here to offer a solution i've come here to be honest put my hand hand in the air and say we at the moment have fucked up but this is how we're going to correct this problem and this is what i'm going to propose and it's not going to affect the project and anything we do from this on this point in to put it right is it's our expense and he just came down like a hot air balloon, nice and slowly down, tempered down, tempered down, tempered down, to the point of we sat, he appreciated my honesty, my transparency, and then we actually went for a few drinks afterwards and I got him pissed and he was, he was, a, happy, he was, a, he was a happy boy. But um, yeah, I mean, a couple of examples there. One's not so sort of uh, uh, dramatic, but one that's sort of a, a little bit more in the scale there of, 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 of uh, 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 points in the sales process where it's gone horribly, horribly wrong, but I think that I think the lesson learned, Benjamin, was you know, um, just put your hand up. You know, yeah. you know, it, it's it's like anything in life. If if somebody's lying to you or deceiving or, or, or you know just just not being transparent and honest, 
and they're trying to cover something up. Eventually it gets found out. And when it's found out, it's much worse than taking a step back and just saying, hey, we're at this stage, it's a mess, we're gonna put it right. Um, well, I completely agree. One of the things I teach all my people is you go vulnerable. If you've made a mistake or you've screwed up, it's best to admit it before the prospect or customer can bring it up because then you take away their thunder. If you blow up or pull the pin on the grenade and blow it up before they can, you control the explosion and therefore you can control the fallout. But if you wait for it to happen or cross your fingers and hope, as somebody yeah. tells with hope something won't come up or be mentioned, then you're just yeah. leaving yourself open to be damaged. So that's it. That's great. Okay, then. So let's go on to, obviously, you've had a 30-year career in sales. So you've probably had a variety of jobs with a variety of organizations. Yeah. Without mentioning any names, obviously, because mm-hmm. I don't earn enough to hire the lawyer's mission de to defend against the libel that could come. <laughs> Can you think of the worst employer or the worst manager or maybe both combined? What were they? What were they like? Why were they so awful? And uh, yeah, just to share a story, because this is something most folk can relate to. Is a crap. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I think, look, yeah, you're right. I'm not going to I'm not going to be um, naming any names and, and, sure. and naming any organizations. I have worked for a, a number of companies over my sales career. And, you know, it's been an interesting journey. And, and we can all we can all sort of applaud the leaders that, that we sort of so, so respect and, 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 and have gained so much from. <clears throat> but I think perhaps a story that will resonate with a lot is where I've worked for organizations where there's almost been a narcissist at the the top of the, at the top of the sales leadership, you know, a guy, a guy who is micromanaging everything that you do, um, whether it be the number of calls that you make in a day in in my earlier career, um, you know, right down to, you know, pulling apart your, your, your pipeline, sitting with you on, on client calls and, and, and interrupting and making points where that aren't really relevant. So somebody who is not necessarily a sales guy, but, but likes to wear all the hats in the organization and, and, and then sort of d- disrupts, is disruptive in the sales process. And I found, you know, when I've worked for a couple of, a couple of individuals like that and a couple of organizations like that, it just really doesn't wash it, you know, and um, it causes it causes unnecessary angst and, and pain for, for, for you as a sales professional, because, you know, let's talk. Let's talk about sales, sales calls, for example, if, if you're targeted and this was in my earlier career. But if you're targeted with, say, making, I don't know, let's be realistic, 30, 40 calls a day. Um, I, I'm not a massive fan of that, Benjamin. I'm really not because to me, to me, right now in my career, I can make five or six high-quality calls, which will lead to next-stage meetings. If I if I'm tasked with mating, when I look back, 30, 40 calls, I'm just ticking a box. I'm just making the call to just tick a box, you know. And if I'm in a CRM that's logging that call. I can literally connect with a voicemail, leave it, leave it. <clears throat> My voicemails are very effective, but I can leave, I can just tick a box to say, yeah, called, left voicemail, you know, um, called, didn't connect, tick, called, wrong number, tick, you know, and before you know it, you've logged 10, 15 calls in a matter of, in a matter of minutes. And uh, I, I, I'm, I'm not a fan of that. And, and again, you know, this, this oppressive 
management style, I don't think it works in today's environment. I'd like to take your view on that, you know? Well, well no, no I, two points on that. First of all, I completely agree. Um, when I work with a company, you often go in and they measure talk time or they measure number of dials. And I go in and say, well, those are stupid metrics. Why are you measuring things that have actual no value? What you want to measure is the number of conversations with decision makers that they're having. Once you figure out how many of those on average they need to get an appointment, then you can work out this is how many people a day you need to talk to. That could take five dials, 50 dials. It doesn't matter how many it takes just have those conversations at that level. If you do that every day, five days a week, we know you'll hit target. So yeah, measure what matters, what you control. And you are right, human beings will always hit a target if given one. And if you tell me I'm gonna make a hundred dollars, I'm gonna be finding out what the time is quite a lot. <laughs> Aren't I? You know, the number of people that phone the talking clock or they phone uh, some other automated system just to log that dial up. It's yeah. also the same with, um, I've worked with companies that recorded talk time. They must be on the phone for at least three hours a day talking. I go, you know, that encourages them to talk longer to people that are of no use. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, that's yeah. all you're going to do is drag out a conversation to hit yeah. that target. So it all changes to know it's decision-maker level conversations per day. That's what we're interested in. Yeah. So I agree with that. Why do you think, why do you think so many sales make? Because most people don't quit jobs because usually not because of the money. We know the main reason is they're not satisfied. They don't feel valued. They don't feel appreciated. We know that's the main reason. So why are so many management sales managers so bloody awful? <laughs> what is it how do these people get there do you have any thoughts on that because yeah i have my own world but I, why why so many poor men i think i think it's really interesting I, I worked for an organization once and we had a we had a bunch of rookies come into sort of bdr roles and and um one of the guys there who who's turned out to be a, an absolute superstar and, and, and i still keep in touch with him and um we won't mention any names uh but um he 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 had a manager at, at the time of joining the the, the uh, organization who was this oppressive you know this is it this is it it's matrix it's this it's this it's this and and this guy I seen his head drop after about a week mm. and I just passed him in the corridor and I said hey buddy what's the matter and he said oh, I said I'm going to quit and I said why I said I thought you really wanted to get into sales and sort of you know make a, make a future career of this and he said well you know I'm, this, this is you know this is just not me mm. we sat down and we had a chat and i said well what's what's the challenge he said oh, i gotta make 50 dollars a day and i said well yeah i know that's on your matrix sort of thing but what do you what do you want what are you, what do you want and um he sort of you know and, and, and he'd been given a script and you know all of this stuff that i that i absolutely well it just doesn't cut the mustard with me at all and um, as you rightly say, Benjamin, you know, looking at ticking boxes. So we sat down and I just put a headset on with him and I just listened to his calls. And after listening to about um, 10, 15 calls, I, I just said, OK, let's let's stop now. I said, um, do you want me to tell you what to say or would it be easier if you just listen to me? And he said, uh, he took the easy option. Right. He said, let me just listen to you. So we did a couple of calls and I, and, and I managed to hook a couple of people in meetings just like that. No, I mean, I'm not saying I'm better than anybody else, but it's just because probably because I've been doing it up quite some time. And uh, I said, just try that. They said, oh, I'm done when I'm comfortable. I said, go, just go with it. You know, I said, just go with it. Just, just, you know, and 
his manager backed off when they realized that this guy was suddenly not just booking meetings, he was booking revenue, he was securing deals and blah, 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 blah. And I later had a very frank, candid conversation with this sales manager and said, listen, you know, you've got a team of 20 people here. Um, I'm not going to tell you how to do your job, but do you think that, you know, this one individual that just spent a little bit of time with me, this is what we did, this is what we crafted, this is what we changed. If you scaled that across your team of 20, would that make a significant income, a significant outcome change to what you're trying to achieve here? And I just got this sort of blank look as if to say, how dare you, you know? I, like, like I, 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 we're all about 40 dollars a day, for, you know, and I just... In all honesty, I don't know the answer to your question. I think I think a lot of um, sales um, leaders have got there for the wrong reasons, um, and that they really need to take a step back. And when you asked me the question earlier about the worst sales leaders I've worked with, you know, some of the best sales leaders I've worked with have given me the trust, the the confidence to do what I'm doing, applaud my successes. And when I do fail, rather than bollocking me or, or tearing me apart, they've, they've sort of taken time to understand where it's fell apart, you know, literally sort of dissect the whole process with me and then sort of step in and say, OK, and almost like walk you through a, a, a sort of positive analysis to help you realise, ah, yes, I see it now. Let's not do that again, because we all know the, the, the route to insanity is just doing the same thing again. Yeah. yeah? Um, so, you know, taking the time to just pull it apart and, and just in, in a nice way, in a constructive way to help you improve the next time around rather than, rah, 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 you know, you, you got this, 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 this wrong. And you just walk away with your head spinning, thinking, shit, I'm crap, you know. Um, yeah. No, I, I agree. I think a lot of a lot of uh, sales managers are people that did relatively well in sales. <laughs> and what happened is, is they see management as a promotion. You see, because remember, most people in sales don't want to be there. So when an opportunity to leave comes along, they take it, right? So you've done well. And I think, well, you're good. You, you've led the leaderboard for some time. Would you like to be a manager? Oh, yeah, it comes with all the kudos that comes with it. But managing people and being a salesman are two different skill sets. So yeah. what you end up doing is losing a good salesman and getting a crap manager. Yeah. And a lot of good salespeople, and I used to be one of them, if you'd ask them, why are you any good? The honest answer was, I don't know. Now, if you don't know why you're good, it's very hard to teach people. And so whenever <laughs> I get into an organization, and they show me what they do. And I simply say, well, why do you do it like that? Well, that's the way we've always done it. No, I know that, but why? And they they don't know. And so what well, if you yeah. don't know why you're doing something, why are you doing it? Well, we know it works. I get the, I, the outcome is what you want, but why? If we knew why, and then we could break it down, we could pass that on. And that, I think, is one of the biggest problems most managers have. They don't have the ability to pass on why they're good at what they do. And they become frustrated with people they, they just do it like this it worked for me i've done this for 20 years <laughs> yeah. yeah just do it this way and it's but why does it work it doesn't matter it works just do it yeah. and that that's not teaching someone no it isn't all right great a couple more questions so what do you think makes a good salesman from your experience of being one and meeting salespeople throughout your entire 30 years of sales what do you think from your experience makes a good one what is it that they do that makes them good 
And I think I think you've got to be I think you've got to be confident um, without being arrogant. You know, they're, they're two very different things. Um, and, you know, here, here's a here's a great book. So, you know, I, I, t I sell primarily to, to C-suite executives. Yeah. Um, so I, I sell I sell at senior level. Um, but for anybody who's out there who's who's a rookie or 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 or, uh, or e who's even a, a BDR SDR working for a reputable organisation and, and their remit is get me appointments with decision makers senior decision makers, yeah. you've got to earn the tr you've got to earn the the trust uh, the you've got to earn the right to be in front of these these senior decision makers and imagine for a second put yourself in in their in their shoes and just think to yourself. What are these guys coming across every day? Probably several hundred emails, probably several hundred pitch calls, um, you know, social media, blah, 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 blah. So here's a great book. This is called Selling to Vito. Yes, I know the book. Yeah, it's by an author called Anthony Paranello. And it's really sort of, um, I think I actually quoted this earlier, get to the top, get to the point, get to the sale. And let me just caveat that slightly you mu you mustn't you mustn't you know in answer to your question to be great in sales i think you you've got to be good at listening essentially um but also asking a ton of questions you know you said yourself there benjamin when you're going into organizations why do you do this you know uh because it works yeah but why you know, you perhaps will you perhaps, i mean you're a direct guy yeah but 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 you know th there's lots of ways that you can dance around the fire to to open up the and challenge the customer yeah. and if you and if you're confident enough to challenge them you'll you'll on, on earth really getting to where their pain points are that is the essential part that i find uh is as as resulted in my success understanding what the what the real challenges of the business are why they're lagging behind their competitors and if you've got a solution that 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 can help uh address that gap then that's where your sweet point is also being again back to the point i made very much earlier in this in this in this uh, uh podcast be transparent and be honest so if if, if you're trying to sell uh, a, a round solution for a, for a square peg and you know it's just not going to fit just say it i agree i and to touch on that i think um in my experience, the best salespeople are, as you pointed out, they challenge the most. You see, if you're in front of a CEO or an MD or someone at C-suite, you have to be able to carry your own and you have to be able to make them think differently. Because if they don't think differently, then why would I give you a load of money or my time yeah. to be around you? You've got to make me realize, huh, I hadn't thought of that. No yeah. one's asked me that. I've never been challenged on that before. I've never considered it like that. And then as they're doing that, they start to think, I think this guy may have something. Yeah. But the problem with most salespeople is they're subservient. They're so grateful to have got in front of someone in authority that oh, they're yeah. introduced to some five-year-old kid who's trying to be liked and pleased and they don't want to upset the apple car. So yeah. you're quite right. It's all about yeah. challenging. And being yeah. assertive, not aggressive. Being, 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 assert, being assertive, not being assertive. Yeah. Fine line. Being assertive, not aggressive. Com confident, not arrogant. Yeah. And... and, and and selling not telling if, yeah. if you're familiar with that phrase you know and 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 it's 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 a it's a massive thing and for those of out there that aren't familiar with that that phrase what it means is you know a lot of and i've seen i've seen so many 
even you know established salespeople go into a meeting and they're just not asking that that discovery phase that that understanding getting to the bottom to the challenge you know really really unearthing and being that person like you say benjamin that that is that is you know able to challenge the status quo of what's happening in this business and a lot of people they they see the fairy lights they're in front of the ceo of a big global company and they're like i got here this is it i've done my job well actually no that's where you're just starting your journey and if you're and if you're the same as the other five or six or seven or ten or dozen sales guys that have gone in before you're not you're not you're not resonating you're not standing out you're not you're not being the one who's going to sort of make that ceo or that c-suite executive think ah uh, yeah you know now now that that this is a guy that that actually we respect each other exactly if you go in and behave like everybody else the only thing they can judge you on therefore is price and likability yeah. Two things that salespeople say is the number one reason they don't win business. It's either the price they didn't like us. Actually, the reality is if you want to be treated differently, then you have to act differently. Stop acting like a sycophant and stop trying to suck up. Go on there and say, hey, look, Mr. CEO, whilst I appreciate you're a big ball breaker and you run a successful business, if you've got a problem I can fix, then you better let me do my job. And that's asking you the questions that you probably shouldn't know the answer to. Because if you don't know them, I don't even know why I'm here anyway. Yeah. So very good. All right, last question and I'll let you go. Top tip then, if you were talking to your 21-year-old self with your 30 years of wisdom to speed up, to accelerate your ability to be better at sales quicker, what would you tell them? Look around you in your organization. And, and I, I, I think that um, very much selling is a little bit like being in a football team. I love football. Okay, here's here's, here's my team, Leicester City. Leicester, Leicester City. Leicester FC. City. There we go. There's a plug. Um, <laughs> um, but I, I think I think selling is a little bit like being in a football team. Um, difference being that that you know you're often part of a team, but but you've got your standout players. Um, you've got your Jamie Vardy's, you've got your Ian Achos, you've got your James Madison. Obviously, I'm quoting Leicester City players. Nobody else, right? So, but um, I think my top tip is. If you're coming in as a rookie or as a base level, look around you and see who's successful, who's, re who's really consistently at the top of that leaderboard, whether it be in revenue recognition, you know, whatever it might be, or tipping, ticking, ticking all the boxes. Who, who's, the, who's the number one person? And then go and spend some time with them. Go and spend some time with them and listen to them. Ask them, actually, if you can sit on a call with them, if you can go to a client meeting, if your organization will, will be will be you know comfortable with you doing this and don't say a word just listen observe take it all in and then when you come out of those meetings just don't be afraid ask that leader ask that top top salesperson say if you don't understand just say what did you just do and why did, and why going back to your why yeah. why did you do it yeah and that that's my top tip seriously Excellent. seriously it is no no it's a very good tip all right, folks. Well, for all of those watching at home, this is Talking Bollocks. TB or not TB, you decide. Like I said, we don't interview experts or anyone who claims to be a leader. We just introduce ordinary sales folk, the sort of people that you work with and will employ. So whether you agree with anything that Ian said or you don't, it's not the point. It's the fact that ordinary salespeople hold these views and opinions, and these are the people that are out there every day. So maybe you should listen to more of them and spend less time on motivational tapes. So, 
to all of those that have been watching, thank you. Uh, Ian, if anyone wants to get a hold of you or find you, where do they do that? Uh, you, can, you can find me uh, on LinkedIn, of course. Um, and uh, yeah, it's probably the best place, probably your best, best protocol. Um, uh, my, all of my personal details are on there, my mobile phone, my, my email address. Just drop me a note and uh, anybody who wants to ask me any further questions away from this, you know, happy to help. Um, and uh, yeah, it's been a real pleasure, Benjamin. Thank you. You're welcome, Ian. All right, everybody. Well, that's it. I'm Benjamin, the UK's most hated sales trainer. And this has been another episode of Talking Bollocks. See you all soon.